If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. You are now listening to The Professional Professional? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
your girl, Ebony, from the Professional Homegirl Podcast, the only place where you will hear interviews from women of color anonymously on stories that will enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. Please support the show by leaving a five-star review, buy some merch, or simply share these stories with your professional homegirls. You never know. These storylines can be someone else's lifeline. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous. So let's begin this week's episode. Y'all, we was literally just kicking. I'm like, let me start this conversation with her because I can tell it is going to be an amazing conversation. I am super excited to speak with my guest today. She is an award-winning expert in the field of human trafficking, a field she comes to with five years of pain experience as a survivor of human and labor trafficking. With her multicultural background, she is committed to encouraging diversity and inclusion, making a difference in the decriminalization of human trafficking, poverty, and homelessness with minors. She is a doctoral learner, veteran, wife, mother of eight, and a comedian, which I can already tell y'all because she's funny as hell. <laughs> and most importantly, she led the nation's first political campaign against human trafficking. So to my guests, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And how are you doing? Girl, I'm doing good. And this cup, this, this cold, it's not sunny. I was going to say sunny was like, cold and cloudy day out in houston texas so all my houstonians what's up y'all hey just shout out to h-town yes h-town the city that birthed beyonce <laughs> <laughs> yes now what is the life expectancy of a survivor that makes it out oh you know what that's a great question i tell people to ask that question all the time now according to uh most statistics i because of the amount of trauma I've been through, I wasn't supposed to make it past 25. I'm 45 years old with eight children, and I'm probably going to be, you know, one of the only survivors with as many children as I do have. Because, you know, once you start getting pregnant by your abusers and things like that, you know, you start looking at other options other than uh, foster care or adoption. A lot of time, girls don't want the pain of the memory to exist, and, right. you know, they want to abort. Um and so, you know, you, you get the wear and tear in your body with pregnancies because to be trafficked means to be traded, you know, uh, uh, not being able to go to the doctor consistently. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you got to include with if, if you're on drugs or not, you know, uh, what was your health and mental uh, status? Uh, you know, like be, before you were trafficked and then after you are trafficked and things like that, you know, you can't get access to, uh, you know, health care you know, on time and things like that to kind of curb some of the disadvantages of the woman's body because we go through things, right? right. Um, we have ovaries and uteruses and things like that. You know, you be walking around here with cancer, you know, you wouldn't even know it. I mean, by the time you're about, you know, in my situation, and by the time I was 19, I had already slept with 1,500 men. So as you can imagine, had I not had children in between time, I wouldn't have been to the doctor uh, as fast as you know somebody who had not been trafficked or had been able to get their six month you know checkup you know that right. we um, usually get and stuff like that so if, if I had to guess just per my experience and what I've gone through um, only one percent of survivors survive but if I had to guess the life expectancy probably would be um, I don't know maybe three years out of the game 
maybe two to mm -hmm. three years out of the game, life expectancy. Well, let me and say depend on yeah, and also like I said, also depend on codependency levels. Are are the drugs mm -hmm. involved? Is there alcohol involved? Um, and what what will it take for you to stop? Because I don't think people count that in when they're thinking about survivors you know you do get addicted to the strip pole you do get addicted to the concrete you do get addicted to talking to random people all the time right. and sleeping with random people so right. well let me tell y'all she don't look like she's been through anything the skin is on point, <laughs> the eyebrows on point the hair is on point the teeth is white okay <laughs> come on now come on well you know that was one of the advantages of being a stripper um, you want to make sure that, you know, you're on point. And I work with a lot of white girls, you know, if I could just be candid, I worked in a lot of white girl clubs before I was even introduced to, uh, black girl clubs and, you know, white girls, when they're stripping, they believe in the glamour. Yeah. Like everything is, oh, it's a whole production. It's, and it's so beautiful the way everything is done. And they're so mm -hmm. nice, you know, working in white girl clubs is they are so helpful and supportive and just like, Oh my God, you need this. You know, it's just <laughs> like, you, I mean, like shout out to my white girlfriends, like y'all freaking rock. My girls that are stripping, uh, still, you know, Hey, I, I, I am a survivor, but I love you sis. And when you are ready to come out, I'm, I'm, I'm here ready to catch you sis. Um, but I know that's a very hard thing to do, but uh, it's it's glamorous. I mean, you know, white girl clubs, it's all about the the boobs and the legs. Black girl clubs, it's all about the ass. Right. It's about the ass. Ass, 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 ass. Right. You, it's not enough ass in black right. girl clubs when there's already ass in the black girl club. Right. But in white girl clubs, it's like you don't need an ass. Right. You don't need none of that. You need posture. Mm -hmm. And you need positioning. You need to be able to acrobatically, okay, romantically and mathematically work that motherfucking pole. Right. If you don't know how to work that pole, baby, you're not going to make no money. Right. Okay. Because that's where your money is at. And then you got to think about the class of the audience. These are prestigious white men. Prestigious, a lot of times conservative white men who do not want the ambience of the secular world in the strip club. Meaning, I know I'm coming here to be entertained by someone, but if I had to choose who I'm going to be entertained by, I want them to be what I see in my imagination. And so you have to meet that criterion. So you can't come in there, you know, all flamboyant. You need to be, you know, as feminine as possible. Like you have to channel that whole feminine creative side of you. Uniform. Exactly. It is a total uniform. So how we all, you know, black women, I love us, but we are raw, raw, raw. Right? right. You can't do that in no white girl club. You can't raw, raw, raw in a white girl club. It's not gonna work, sis. Right. It's not you can't have attitude in the white girl club. It's not gonna work. It, but it, you even not. see the difference between black women and white, because I used to go to strip clubs a lot, especially when I was in college, mm -hmm. and you would see the difference between black girls in the white girl strip clubs compared to the black girls in the black girl strip clubs. Like, it's a complete difference. A man, it, even how the men treat you is completely different. Oh, yeah, you can sure. be with one John, and I'm just going to call him a John, because essentially he's, you know, they're, they're all buying sex, right? Right. And so, um, even even if it's the, the even if it's 
even if it's the pictorial account, even if it's just, okay, I, I want your presence. Okay. You're buying sex. You're buying the ambiance. Right. And you can be with a John and if that one girl isn't enough or if that girl, and we're talking about a white girl club, if that girl says, hey, you know, I want to bring, my name was Ginger when I was in the white girl club. <laughs> Who's your name in the black girl club? Girl Cash. Cash, cash money. I was cash and seduction. Oh my God. Oh horrible. My God. Horrible. <laughs> girl, so every time when Usher came out with that song, seduction, girl, that was my money song oh god god forgive me and i see I your pictures in the club i said okay now okay girl that was my song but see you can't like the ambiance in the black girl club and slow songs is not the same like you gotta give like it, it. anyway I, i'll explain but when you when you with a john in a white girl club you can be with you know uh uh trixie or whatever and or her name wouldn't be Trixie. That's like a black girl name. It'd be like Trishia. Right. And Trishia would be like, oh my God, I have this girlfriend. I think you really like her. Her name's Ginger. Um, can she come over? And he's like, oh yeah, sure, cool. Right. And you know, by the time one drink turns into five drinks and now he got two girls and he gonna pay us both equally the same. Mm -hmm. That's how it is in white girl club. Black girl club, mm-mm. Nah, it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. I'm with my man. That's whoever that man is. That's my man. And it, it, baby, when I tell you, you better have boundaries. Right. Don't touch him. If I walk away and go to the bathroom and I see you sitting with my man, that's an automatic fight in a black girl club. Right. You about to get you about to get your ass whooped because a boundaries very territorial. So don't touch my money. Don't touch my man. Right. Right. That's it. Why do you think adultification is so common in black children? Well, you got a couple of different reasons. Number one, we grew up in the time where Uncle Daddy was a relative. And I have to go and tell black women, Uncle Daddy ain't no damn relative. Meaning women back in the day tried to preserve the memories of our daughters in particular particularly by monitoring and measuring how many men we brought around him. Now, the problem with that was if we brought a man around, he might not have been necessarily a permanent man, but he would have to come around because we had kids and there was no way we could leave them alone by themselves up to, you know, a certain amount of times. Or, right. you know, we didn't ha have time to keep managing that babysitter. You know, mama, keep my kids so I can go with John or whatever, da 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 da, da and stuff. So eventually at some point, if you're spending, you know, three to five times a uh, uh, three to five times a week I, you know with this man you this man's gonna see your children you understand mm -hmm. what i'm saying Thanks. um no matter how much you try to keep it a secret and so what ends up happening is to preserve that child's memory and not see you as dating so many men especially if their relationship didn't work out you would just say oh he's an uncle now the problem with that was because your child and you know you're 19 years old you pretty much figure out this person ain't your uncle, but because you have not explained to me the relationship with this human being, I'm thinking now, in my interpretation as a child, if that's my uncle, but I see you in an intimate part of a relationship with somebody who you're saying is my uncle, then I think that I'm supposed to date my relatives too. Mm. Okay? And so here you get Damn, a sense about that. You see what I'm saying? So here you get a sense of adultifying. Not only that, when we grew up, because I'm 35, when we grew up, and, and, and even now, 
I have to check a lot of moms with their languages. When when we're talking to our daughters and we're coaching them about dating dating people, we say that could be 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And what the first thing come out of our mouths is, baby, when you're dating a man, this is what a man's supposed to do. This is how a man's supposed to treat you. This is how a man's supposed to act. Well, what you just told your 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old child was everything how to date a man. You did not tell her how to date a boy. So when she go to school she and she start dating niggas, she don't even think he's her age. Right. She don't want right. him because you just trained her to date a man. Damn. You see what I'm saying? Hey. And so the language has to be curved and curtailed to the audience of today. These kids are the 21st century and, and they are past millennial style. So you 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 have to make your language more attractive to them, but you can't tell a 14-year-old girl what a man's supposed to do because when the boy she dating at school don't measure up to the man that you told her was supposed to act like in her life, then she's going to go want a man because you told her how to be with one. Right. And so here it is, you see stages of adultifying before, this is the culture of the household before they even step outside the house. Mm. And so here it is, you got the grooming stages of adultification, meaning adultification means that our race, such as Black, Latina, and biopic, Black and Indigenous people of color have implicit biases placed on us, meaning that we are, we could be 14 or 15 years old, but there's certain things that we could go through. And, and if, even though it might be challenging, we can stand to go through it because we're black and we've been through more experiences opposed to a white girl going through the same thing at 14, 15, 16, right. and she would be protected. If a 14 year old girl got raped, we'll talk about her being raped and, you know, and, and talk about it in the family and things like that. But if a 14 year old white girl got raped, well, she's still a virgin and we got to preserve her. Mm. We don't do that with our black girls. We sure do and not. And so you, you see what I'm saying? So you, you see a lot of the adultifying. We, we say, you know what? Chuck it up. Suck it up. You're going to be all right. Take a lick and keep on ticking. We got all of these different, you know, African-American colloquialisms that were born out of struggle that we use today that are supposed to make us strong. And it's not making us strong. It's, it's making us struggle worse. Because if it happened at 14 and I never got dealt with at 21, I don't, I, I can't stand the thought of me being raped. And because somebody took control of my life, I'm going to take control of my own life. And I want to fuck the whole world. Right. And I just want to have sex with everybody. Because, because somebody, somebody put me in, somebody saw me as a lesser human being. They took advantage of me and now I've lost control. Mm. Facts. Facts. Do you think people still confuse prostitution with human trafficking? And if so, why? All the time. So, so for instance, I, I, I was prostituting, but I was prostituted. Big damn difference. I didn't have any control over who I slept with and who I didn't sleep with. I didn't make those deals. Mm -hmm. When you're prostituting, you make your own deals. Now, those people are called renegades. Now you got this new thing where they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Don't even call me a prostitute. Call me a sex worker. Well, I got a big problem with that. Being <laughs> on this side, being on this side of survivorship because I'm a conservative. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a conservative and I'm not going to necessarily say I'm a hardcore uh, conservative because I do have some democratic views. You know, I do agree with both sides on, on some things, but I'm way more 
uh, Republican than I am Democratic, okay? Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that about myself because I really didn't understand, I really didn't understand some things that were not distinguishable to me until I started writing laws and getting them passed. Okay, come on and now, then, talk your shit. Okay, talk hello, shit. hallelujah. She about to take us okay. to class. Come on now. Wait, you see my, you see my Abram America shirt on. I see it. Okay, with the red, white, and blue Abraham Lincoln shirt on, y'all. Right, because he was our first Republican president, but he also did free the slaves, whether it was a political move or not, and or whether you felt like it was a a, a sympathetic move, it was a move to make sure that he knew that white people were going to need to work with black people if they were, if he was going to grow the nation, and the decision was about the nation, and here we are, right, running the damn nation, and right. we need Before to you just. Continue, do you think he was black? Girl, I think Abraham Lincoln had a little nigga in here. What you talking about? Okay, okay, go ahead. Go he ahead. had to. All what? his partners was look who his partners was. W.E. Du Bois. Come on, now he wrote all his stuff. Come on, that was his partner. He had his partner in all his uh, inaugural speeches. He wrote all of them. I, he he I think he had. I think he had a little nigga in him too. He was just girl, you know, yeah, girl. Right. Come on, a lot of them did. I mean, the man who ran our our money for the United States of America was a foreigner, and he had, and he was from an island. When right. you think about Alexander Hamilton, ain't nobody think about him being. Oh my God, we had a foreigner run our money. Yeah, motherfucker, you had a foreigner running your money, who was also Jew because his mama was Jew, and his mama was considered a hoe because she had more than one baby daddy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to think about stuff like that. So his his daddy didn't raise him. His his second it the his his mom's second husband ended up raising him. And they were from the islands and stuff. You didn't think they had a little black people in them then. I don't know what to tell you. But I know right now, you know, because I am I'm a Hamilton and I speak on it all the time. My husband is like the ninth generation grandson to um alexander hamilton and there's no way that could have happened because my husband's all the way black he black mexican and white he got all kind of stuff in him you know and he looked like it too and i'm just like get your weird ass away from me so <laughs> i'm just kidding i love my husband he's amazing but that just go to show our history it's right, right. history y'all it's history right. we don't so think about stuff your, like this go back to your point when you was making when you had an issue with prostitution and sex workers I do. I have an issue with people using the words, I, you know, not just, yeah, I, I'll say it like that. People using the word sex workers because I'm not demonizing anybody who do associate with the group because ladies, I get it. But here's the issue. To consider what you do as work, that means that you can tax my pussy and you're not going to do that. Thanks. You're not taxing my pussy. You're not taxing my titties. You're not taxing my mouth. You're not doing none of that. And you got to understand for me to consider uh, any type of sexual activity for me to, for somebody to purchase me and it be a type of work, then that means you're taxing a human being, which brings us back to slavery. So because human trafficking is the second slavery. So you're asking me to promote something that I'm against. So I can't do that. For it to be considered work, you you are saying let's consider taxing human trafficking, let's consider taxing slavery, let's right. consider taxing people, and I am against that. So I don't want I don't want there to be a corporate institute about my money, what my money is going to. If I'm giving you money, I don't want 
And if I'm returning money to you because you paying taxes on it, I don't want my government paying money back to anybody or saying, hey, you get to get an EIC uh, or earn income credit for your kid because you were selling yourself. That's crazy. Do you understand? And now you are part of the 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 workmen's compensation. You are part of you 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 are a part of uh just um what else do we have? Um, you know, like if you hurt yourself, you get short term disability, long term disability. You know, those are things that you don't get when you work as a stripper in a strip club. You don't get short term and long term disability because you're an independent contractor. You're a ten ninety nine employee. You don't get that right. if you want disability you need to pay for that outside your pocket the problem is strippers are not thinking about insuring themselves so why why does the economy why does the taxpayers have to insure you why do i need to show you are what you're doing is dangerous we get it if you want to do that that's on you you need to take complete control in all the liability but why do i as a taxpayer need to take liability for you and i want people to think about that so you want me to to pay you money that's already progressive and untaxed only to pay taxes on it and it's you trading people and you want me to call that work no you got me fucked up working right. at mcdonald's is work <laughs> but selling people and pussy ain't work right that's not work and if it take just as much work as it tell you as it take to sell pussy and people it should take that just much you should have that same kind of attitude about actually working in the corporate structure i mean i don't get it this ain't rocket science you either selling people or you not, including yourself. This is the reason why in the state of Texas, it's illegal for you to sell yourself and it's illegal for you to buy somebody. It's a felony. And we're the only state that has this. And I thank you, great state of Texas, for that, that constitution because I believe that our values should be a replication of how we treat our people. And you either force slave you or you not. So thank you, Texas. But is Texas, is Houston still known as number one city for human trafficking? We are number one for human trafficking. We got a bunch of shit going on. Yeah. We do. First of all, you got to pay to play here. You want to pay to play in the, in the political market here and you want your business structure here, then you pay to play. That's all you need to do. Mm. That's all you need to do. You pay, you pay extra taxes. You pay extra whatever to the city so the city can function and run their businesses as appropriately and it helps with the city budget and finances and everything else you know and 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 then sometimes in some places certain things to turn the blind eye to i mean it is what it is right that's how it goes now tell us about your upbringing Ooh we how was i raised <laughs> well let's talk about it i mean i went into foster care at 11 years old because uh, i was a victim child so i was actually raped by a neighbor and um he ended up serving some jail time and i had a sane nurse and things like that to that nature and then at about 14 um my my grandmother was granted smc which is so managing conservatorship of me at 14 years old now i went back home there were no safety measures um put in place so here's the thing once once the case is over with you know the department of family protective services the only thing i don't like is maybe just maybe and i know they don't have enough time there should be some type of follow-up, maybe mm -hmm. like three-month recourse, six-month recourse to a year to see, hey, what to kind of measure what's the success level of us returning this kid home back to this parent or back to this relative. I mean, you would you think, but how else would you measure it? <laughs> right, how else would you measure it being successful that they made a good decision? 
You right. understand what I'm saying? And I think that if that was in place, then by the six month marker, once my grandmother had died, because my grandmother died like six months after uh, me being returned back home, um, and she she passed away from breast cancer. You know, the adults that were, you know, th- that were in my life, which would have been her children. Mm-hmm. You know, they they did not directly want to, you know, control the part of her estate that dealt with her grandchildren. Right. Which which would have made me their niece and nephew at that time. But, you know, they didn't want that, and which is fine. But at that particular point, I believe, you know, the state should have been able to step in and say, you know, hey, well, you guys are a warden of the state. And I was abandoned. And so let's just get that understood. I was abandoned. I was sleeping outside. I was living behind a Walmart. I slept in a cardboard box for months. I took a bath in Walmart bathrooms and this is before they were even eco-friendly. Okay. Right. So I didn't slept on so many bathroom floors. It's unimaginable. You know? And just having to live within the, the constraints of a cardboard box. I mean, you can only imagine what that felt like for me to just have to be ride or die. Um, but I mean, I, I understood some level, uh, you know, I understood some level of, of accountability. And I had a lot of levels of adaptability just because of the transition in the life I had experienced before being homeless, which was foster care, which was being removed from my family's home. I but think the, much, not to cut you mm-hmm. off, but how much accountability can you take as a child? You right. You right. right. But what I'm saying is as far as survival accountability is for survival i knew i needed to eat i knew i needed to have somewhere to stay like i knew i needed to stay in school do you understand what i'm saying like you you know even though my situation was bad i think it really could have been worse had i made just had i had that fucking attitude like you know what fuck it nobody cares about me fuck right you know what i mean and i i didn't take that approach and you know, because I didn't take that approach, that actually pisses some people off because they wouldn't have preferred me to make other decisions, right? Right. To not end up in the situation. But I really didn't have any choice. And it's it's so freaking hard for people to believe that I didn't have a choice. No, I, I believe think another part. Yeah. I think, life is hard. This shit's not easy when you don't have support. That's so true. It is so true. And I think, too, you know, the other part of adultifying is when other grown people start measuring their ability to manage your conflict. Meaning, I was hearing adult conversations of how they were going to manage my conflict on a long a long term uh, 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 basis, meaning I'm living with them. I'm couch surfing, but I'm living with them for a couple of months. Everything's going good. Nothing bad has happened. I'm not a bad kid. I'm not doing anything wrong. But the conversation with adults are, are, and I'm hearing it, it is, well, you know, you can't stay here too long because you might get pregnant. And I don't think that I should have been in a place where I had to manage that conflict. If it was, if I can't stay here too long because I might get pregnant, that should have been a conversation that I wasn't privy to. If you didn't want me in your household um, longer than and longer than um, necessary, then then you know maybe how about talk to a school counselor and say, hey, I got this okay. kid living with me. What do you think? You know, I should do. She's not a bad kid. Nothing's going on wrong. But should I contact the proper authorities? Her parent has been deceased, but she's going to school from my house. What can what can the school do? And that's not what happened. It was like to move me out of the structure. It was 
they couldn't find anything wrong, it was, okay, you can't stay here too long because you might get pregnant and I don't want that happening. But I didn't so, understand when they told you you might get pregnant, who was going to impregnate you? The men in the house? Well, well, not only just the men in the house, you know, a lot of the people I was living with, couch surfing with, they was young boys. Mm. So all my friends was like, you know, these were young boys that I had grew up with. And they were just like, all right, I'm going to look out for you. You know what I'm saying? It, it was easy for them to beg their mama who was working all the time for me to stay because I'm like a straight A student. For instance, if, if, the, if it was a young boy who needed help with his homework, because I was really good at math. And I was helping with the homework all the time. I could end up, you know, spending the night that particular night because I, I stayed over helping with homework. Right. And if I was helping them get their grades better, or getting their grades together and stuff like that, then it, it would end up me staying a little bit longer. It took a stress off the parent, me being around. But the second part of the conflict would be, oh, well, y'all might end up in a dating relationship with each other and you might get pregnant. So every time there was a decent situation for me to build a strong partnership with, with kids who did have parents, it always turned into it being, you know, let me cut this short because there's another conflict that can arise out of this, which at that time I wasn't even having sex. I had right. been raped, but I wasn't having sex. Right. So that's what ended up happening. Yo, niggas is trash, man. I'm telling you, people are just trash. <sighs> But I'm because, telling you too, girl. Yeah. I'm in agreement. Yeah, so sad. But because of you always hearing that, you thought that pregnancy was the key to not being homeless. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I thought pregnancy was going to fix me not having to pick my bags up. And it was only a bag. Like, when you are desperate and you do not want to sleep outside and right. you do not want to eat chicken out the trash can for that night, you are like, look... What is going to solve this problem? Don't nobody want me. Okay, maybe I need to get pregnant because if I'm pregnant, people will sympathize with me more and they won't be so quick to put me out their house. Right. Wow. That's adultifying. Right. So you had your baby and you were taking your baby to I school did. in your purse. And I thought this was fucking crazy how the school counselor was telling you to drop out, get your GED, but you wasn't even 18 yet. And that's I wasn't. Was. I wasn't, I wasn't even old enough to unregister myself out of school. Right. Um, so less than 10 days after I had my kid, I was sued by the state of Texas. Mm. I think I had like my kid, I, I don't want to say 10 days, less than 30 days. So I had Justin at 10, 10, 03. I turned uh, 16, October 30th, and then 11, 05 is when I was sued by the state of Texas. So mm. I wasn't even a mom for 30 days. And here it is, I'm sued by the state of Texas. So how did you get out of that situation and transition into the strip club? Well, that's the thing. I didn't get out of that situation. Mm. That's how I ended up in the strip club. So once once the lawsuit happened, I mean, I didn't have an attorney. I was an adult, but I was treated like an adult. I wasn't taken into foster care again as a minor with a child i was treated like a mother and i was victimizing my child mm. my child was listed as a victim the entire time mm. do you see what i'm saying right and so i was listed as the mother but my child was listed as a victim 
Yo, it's crazy how they treat black women, man, or just black people. If you was a different race. Right. 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 I think what is insidious was at that particular time, which I didn't know anything about having conservative views, was that being judged against conservative views when I didn't grow up in a conservative household. Mm. And, And that's the reason why we need judges that look like us. Because a lot of us do not grow up with conservative views. I knew, I knew, I knew nothing about a fucking conservative view. Right. Absolutely nothing. I knew nothing about a man raising his daughter, whether it was black or white. I knew absolutely nothing about that. I knew that white girls grew up with in a two parent household, right? But I did not know what the extent of her being raised, her being reared by her parents i just knew that she had both parents whereas i'm a black girl i know that i'm either gonna have one or the other or neither and in my case i had none of i had no grandmother no mother no father right i was an orphan right and Big here it is out. i'm an orphan standing in court with and like i said it's not a white, white black issue because black people are conservative and i absolutely love it. i'm conservative today but I'm standing in court as an orphan and I'm being measured by the justice system by somebody's conservative views of how they think I should have been raised as a young girl. And that's not the way I grew up. So I feel like I was punished mm. by somebody's opinion about how I should have been raised and what my life should have been like before I had even got a chance to experience life. Right. So, and that, that, and and I know it's true because that helped me to understand why the judge made his decisions about the future of my life. Because there was no expectancy. There was not an expectancy for me to get my children back. My requirement was to get a GED, find a job, and get a, a bank account and put money in it because I needed to prove that I could be fiduciarily responsible for my kid. Right. And to and, him, and, to him, you was already a statistic. Right. Right. I was already a statistic. Right. There, there was no coming back right. from that. I mean, that explains me why I didn't have it. Right. It explains why I didn't have an attorney. Um, It explains why DFPS didn't ask for me to have an attorney. You know, I didn't have an airliner. Nobody worked my case. Right. Nobody, you know what I mean? Like, there were a lot of things done wrong. Um, in my situation, I don't, I don't think that the expectation was, was for me to be successful in that situation. I think that I just made a bad situation successful. Mm, Facts. Now, how were you introduced to the strip club? So my home girl, why you, why you start smiling? (laughs) You cause I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to the strip club. I'm a, there's no, I have to stay away from them. They're eerie to me now, but I mm-hmm. let me tell you something. And I I had the best time in the strip club. I will not lie about that. Sin is always so much fun. Right. I loved my sin. I love right. my sin. And I'm not saying it to brag on that. What I'm saying is I don't I, I don't want people to just feel like, you know, I'm embarrassed about what it was that I went through. I, I didn't I didn't acts for the strip club that was what was impressed upon me mm-hmm. because it was it was a way out and when you are not an independent person you're automatically codependent you rely on other people's ideas to facilitate the future of your life right. and that's slavery 
And I thought my homegirl would have been the best person to be able to advise me because she had already had two children and she was already, she was already stable. Mm. She was that statistical anomaly that was, that, that was presentable to a court. Here's my homegirl, got two kids. She's in church. She's doing well. And that's what it appeared to be. And then I started thinking, oh, well, I only have to do this based on appearance. Let me just make this stuff look good on paper. It ain't right. really got to be like this, you know, behind closed doors. You know, you start coming up with all of these different analogies. And y'all got to remember, I was a kid. Right. I was a kid trying to protect my kid. And I never knew what it was like for myself to be protected. protected. Because my mama never protected me. Right. Right. So I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure life out. For me and this kid who doesn't deserve this bullshit and who doesn't deserve to be separated from his mom. Mm. That's all I knew. I, all I knew was I ain't going to be like my mama. Right, right. My mama dropped out of school in the eighth grade. I dropped out of school in the 10th grade. There's a lot of things I thought I wasn't going to be like my mama and that I ended up being just like my mother in. Mm-hmm. I'll oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm listening. No, no, I was going to say, I also read that your mother passed away and she too was a, a survivor of human trafficking. Right. I can wish I could say that she survived. She was actually murdered by um, um, the guy who was pimping her out and stuff for drugs because my mother was addicted to crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. And my mother was the type of mother, she would always tell you the truth. She didn't sugarcoat things. She looked you in your face and she'll tell you, you know what, I love crack more than I love you. And I don't think it's a good decision for you to, you know, uh, not necessarily follow in the footsteps, but but to try to uh, redeem me or, you know, try to take me away from it because I'm going to choose crack. Right. This is where I'm at. And I knew that about my mother. I accepted that about my mother. Right. And it's OK. But and that's one of the things. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying that that's one of the things that helped me to survive human trafficking. I mean, because at the end of the day, you're born looking like your mother and your father, but you die looking like your decisions. Mm, and, damn. And, and I had to now. think. And my preaching says, Come on now. Damn, that's a fact. And I had to think about, you know, when I started having children, especially when I started having children by my Johns, by the men I was traveling to, I had to think about, you know, and I was having boys too. I mm -hmm. was like, I had to think about how I want to die. How do I want to leave my children? What memory do I want my children to leave with me? And, you know, about their mother and stuff. Um, Because when my mother passed, you know, I got a phone call from Harris County asking me to, well, Harris County and HPD, I worked at the county at that particular time. HPD asked me to identify, you know, my, my mother, that my mother was who my mother was and all it was was bones. My mother had already been buried uh, in a pauper's uh, cemetery, meaning meaning somebody who, who, who didn't have any money and who didn't have any family. And on my mother's tombstone, it says unknown from her birthday to her death day. Mm. And that's how my mother is remembered. It's like she was never even here unknown and so that's how i came up with that theory and i was like you know what yep no when when i die it's gonna be a great death 
It's going to be a great, I'm going to go out strong and my children are going to know me. My children are going to remember me and my children will be able to have a headstone that says that their mother was here and who that mother was and, and who, who is survived by her. And they will be proud of who their mother is. That right. was important to me. Right. Facts. I feel like also what your home girl did was she recruited you because I remember watching one of your interviews and you said that um, human trafficking starts with recruitment, exploitations, and fraud. Right. Oh, look at you. I did my homework stuff now. Come on now. Girl, yes. A yeah, absolutely. So my, my, and listen, my, she, she's my sister and I love her. Let me oh, just say so that. Cool. Yeah, she's my sister and I love her. You know, I don't think that she knew she was being pimped out. Mm. Okay. I think that the guy who was older than the both of us just saw an advantage. He took, he took an advantage. He saw an opportunity and he took advantage of mm. the situation. You know, it was, you know, hey, I work at the strip club and all I'm doing is waitressing. I work at this one, take my ID, go work at another one. Because back then you could do that. There was no checks and balances. Today, though, because of what happened to me, there's E-Verify. See, now you got to put your right driver's license, social, and your birth certificate in the system. So the strip club has to hire the same way McDonald's and everybody else hires. You got to go through E-Verify so that the shit that happened to me, it can't happen nowhere else. So you can't go work at one strip club and then be working at another strip club and then they don't know that you're working at both of them. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Because right. back then, you just you just filled out a piece of paper and as long as you was cool with somebody, you could get in the door. Right. That was it. Mm. And I worked at Gigi's Cabaret. I worked at, at Anna Nicole Smith's uh, strip club. <laughs> <laughs> where she got found at by that old so, rich white nigga old rich man man you come on come on come she on. with that nigga <laughs> okay but you know and rich white men are let me tell you something about rich white men I've been around enough of them to know that they are some of the most informative people you will ever meet in your life they are so helpful mm-hmm they are happy to teach you what you need to know. Oh, ecstatic. Oh, man. They want you to know. They want you to have a better life. That's what's so fucking crazy mm -hmm. about all of this. Because I, people, I know when people are listening to me talk, they listen at my story. But not one time have I ever said anything bad about my Johns except for the ones that I got pregnant by. Right. Because that's bullshit. It's bullshit to expect. And I understand the abortion laws today because, hey, listen, I am a pro-lifer. That's why the fuck I have eight children, okay? I don't believe in killing kids. Don't kill them. I don't care how they got here. Don't kill kids. That's where I'm at. Mm. Talk about me. I don't give a fuck, but that's where I'm at. I had all my kids. <laughs> what what I don't, what I, what I am against is forcing girls to co-parent with abusers mm -hmm. there's gonna have to be some type of logical um sentiment some some type of legislative formation to to i mean to coexist for somebody to be able to have to coexist there's gonna have to be a formality in the family code 
whether you in Texas, California, Florida, I mean, like, I don't give a fuck where you at, where the, the girl who is having a baby by the abuser is not forced to co-parent with them. There has to be some type of limited, limited purview on parentage, mm-hmm. how much that parent can do, how much interaction and things like that. Because, you know, I didn't kill myself. And that was fortunately for me. But I know some survivors who would kill themselves just so that they don't have to look at the abuser anymore. Right. Right. Or kill their child. Or kill their child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And I think that's one thing that that the law has not considered. And I'm really, really asking them, um, especially this legislative session, because we are in, I'm in Texas, guys, that's listening. We're in our 88 legislature. And and that's something that that's you know going to be put on the table, um, because we don't abort, which is fine, right. but we're going to have to have some type of, some type of, just curve, you know, for how these girls have the parents. Your fifteen year old daughter gets pregnant by somebody who raped her or by somebody who pimped her out. You ain't gonna want to see that nigga, right. You ain't going to want that nigga to have your address. You ain't going to want him to come pick the your grandbaby up. You're not going to want none of that. Right. And so we 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 have to consider the, the 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 new family dynamics and how to deal with toxic family bonds. Mm. I mean because that's the truth. Right. Now, once you start trusting the situation with you being in the strip club and your friend put you on, her boyfriend mm-hmm. then tells you that you can't have your baby back until you start paying him $200 a day. Right, because I wasn't giving him enough money, mainly because I was trying to meet the judge's requirements of keeping the money in the bank account. Right. Okay, and so the, my little nickel and dime money, I was giving him what was left over. And he wasn't having that shit. Right. And so he was like, you need to up the ante, meaning you don't even know how profitable you are, but I do. I was young. You know, I had my I had my titties pierced. My titties had been pierced since I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I'd already had my first tattoo. You know, I just, like I said, I wasn't a bad kid. I had just gotten to some shit. Right. And he was looking at me like, you know, you skinny. You, you know, you, you got these legs. You can do it. You know, go for it. And Put yourself out there. And if putting yourself out there not enough, then maybe I need to take something from you to make you put, you know, put your hustle game on, put you on your A game all the time. And you know what? Because that nigga took my kids away from me, it put me on my A game all day long. I'm all day, I'm on my A game about my motherfucking children. And 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 they and they never stopped. Because since then, it has always been somebody trying to take my children or use my children against me for me to not have them. You know what I mean? And I didn't realize that that was my superpower. Mm -hmm. And today, I'm one of the first cases in the state of Texas that was sued for child support by the men that were trafficking me because the state placed me in the house with the man that was pimping me out. Me and my children. Mm. How is that even possible? Well, according to court documents, they knew I was living with him. Mm-hmm. Um, they labeled him in my documents as my paramour, in which a paramour is P-A-R-A-M-O-U-R, you guys. Uh, it is a legal term uh, you use for like a side piece 
uh, during a, a divorce or in marriage, right? You would have a pair more. Like my husband had a pair more. That would be the name of a side piece. But uh, it was it's an illicit sexual relationship. So that was listed in there. I was 16 years old. You cannot consent to sex at 16 years old. And um, Was this the one that was 28? This the one that was 28 years old. Wow. Oh, girl, you do know my business. <laughs> he was 28 years old. That's, That's right. Crazy. Right. So I was born in 87. So by the time in 2000, so he had gone to jail for the first time in 1993 because before DP, DFPS, which is the Department of Family Protective Services, before they even place you with someone, they always do a background check, right? Everybody knows they do a background check. Right. His background check. It's in my court documents. So he had already gone to jail as a first-time offender in 1993. Well, I'm born in 87. So in 1993, I was six years old. Right. Do the math. Yo, these niggas. Oh, child. You child. You're going to have listeners looking at niggas real sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, don't be prejudging people. Just know that this shit happens. Yeah. You know, like like it's 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 real, and you know these these were happening in the early two thousands when we didn't have any rules, regulations, and laws that govern how we treat people and the value that we have on people. Did the government know about human trafficking? Absolutely, but the term was used for an international issue. It was never a term right. that was used for the Americas. That's why when Taken came out, the first place they placed uh uh the identifying marker of human trafficking was in Paris. Right. Because they didn't and think so, it happened in our backyard. Right. No, and, but it made people, that that was the inclusion. It made people think that it only happens in other countries. That right. it only happens internationally or how they say in the military, Ocon is overseas. Right. Right. So, mm. Yeah. Now, a pimp from the club heard what was going on, and he came to protect you from the situation with the nigga at the house, but he was no better. Uh-uh, that was, that, that ended up being a nigga at the house. Oh! Right, so the pimp, so the one the one I ended up being with, that's the one who had to fight with the dude who I was living with, my homegirl's boyfriend. Right, right, right. He okay. had to fight with her, with him. Right, right. Right, Okay. So this was the guy who took you to the hotel and told you to make some money and he pulled the gun out on you. This is at the point I'm being sex trafficked. The first part of my story, I was just labeled trafficked. I didn't have to sleep with my homegirl's boyfriend. Right. But I, I was I was I was doing other stuff in the club to to get right. the money. I was lying about the drinks, how much the drinks cost. Right. I was getting the extra well, money from that. Right. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be smart, child. Girl, I'm telling you, because I knew nothing about the hospitality industry and how it worked. I, I knew absolutely nothing about serving people and about service and about the attitude of service. I knew absolutely nothing about it. I knew how to hustle. Right. I, I didn't care who was fucking who in the club, but I always knew who was fucking who. Everybody trusted me with that secret. So the champagne room, the boom boom room, I'm your girl. I'm your girl that's going to look out for you. So if you need to fuck somebody in the champagne room because you didn't hit a lick, so you need to suck him up or you need to do whatever. Right. Well, then when he pay you your five, then you need to pay me my money, too. So right. if he give you five, you need to give me a hundred. So you're going to walk away with four because I just made sure that you didn't get caught by the manager and you didn't get caught by SWAT. Right. Because we had bus. And so I made sure you was one of the girls who you always had an alibi about which where you was and what you was doing. Right. 
Right. Nah. That's how I made my money. So if a girl make five, I'm good. Make right. sure she had to make five because you got to give me a hundred. Right. Because I got to make my quote. Me, bitch, because I just looked out. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Now you do. You do. You do about three, four of them a night. You you come out of there making four, five hundred dollars. Right. Right. Facts. Facts. That's how cutthroat it is. That's that's the that's the club though. I don't I don't know what the club is like now, but that that was the club, you know, for me back then. And a lot of the girls, because I was in the white girl club, they knew my story. Like they knew what was going on and things like that. They would always just, you know, take care of me, you know, chuck me. Some of them would just chuck me twenty five dollars. You were the youngest one. I was the youngest one. I was the youngest one in the strip club. I was the baby. I was everybody's baby. Wow. So they gonna look out for you. Yeah, they looked out. Wow. They looked out. You were trafficking for five years, and at the age of 19, you mentioned earlier that you slept with 1,500 men. Because of this- Just about. Did you ever look at men differently? No. I looked at I look at marriage differently, though. How so? Because, you know, being married requires you to blind, blindly trust Mm. It requires you to give to something that you may not understand. Mm. Because you got to remember, I was sleeping with other people's husbands. What Ain't shit stopping nobody from sleeping with mine. Right. Ain't shit stopping me from feeling what I made those other women feel sleeping with their husbands. Mm-hmm. Okay? So don't ever think I walk around here and 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 I'm just all uh <laughs> I got my shit together kind of thing. No, I hurt for them. I mourn for them. I I I ain't never apologized to God so much in my life, but I do it all the time. Mm. And I'm constantly encouraging other women, hey, get the bag, but don't sleep with nobody's husband to get it because if you did that, you ain't gonna keep that bag. That's not your bag. That's his wife's bag. And you're going to pay because you're stealing. That's why the Bible say, this is, he said, mm. my house, he said, my house is going to be a house of prayer, not a den of robbers and thieves. I had to think about what the fuck that meant. Facts. What you mean, Lord, about your house is the house of prayer? Meaning if I need something, then I go to the father. That's why Jesus is my sugar daddy. I'm going to go to the father and tell daddy God, this is what I need. X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. But I'm not going to perjure myself against his word meaning giving the devil the opportunity to you to to use my life and the covenant god made with me against the kingdom right. that's not authority that's witchcraft and i had to understand okay prostitution is witchcraft this this is like i, I was going down a, a, a deep hole i was like i did not god who's teaching this on this level right then I had to, you know, reconvene because Revelation 12 and 11 tells you we overcome the enemy three different ways, not one way. It says by the power of our testimony, not loving life to death, and by the blood of the lamb. And so I had to really, really think about, okay, God, if I'm going to come out here and tell my story and we really going to do this, then people need to be delivered. You, you can't just know my business to be knowing my business. You need to know how... Stay saved. How I stay my black ass at the strip club. How I stay not sleeping with somebody else's husband. How I stay not se selling my body for sex. How I stay doing exactly what I say to other women to not do. And that's through the word of God.
I'm not practicing witchcraft. You're not going to get me to do it with my mouth. You're not going to get me to do it with my body. But but I will remain in a covenant contract agreement with the father because that's what marriage is. It's about the covenant. Right. Right. It is what it is. Yo, that's what I said. I was like, yo, I, I, I do a lot of things, but I ain't messing with nobody's household. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. And don't and don't overstep your boundaries with, with wives because wives are powerful. Wives, Bible says a uh, wife has the authority to, to get rid of unclean spirits. That's even if it's through the husband and even if it's through you. Right. I don't want nobody having that kind of power over me. That's right. a lot of power. And I don't and think I don't you think, understand that. Girl, I'm not people. I don't think wives understand that because by the time they find out their husband is in the strip club and he done fell in love with a stripper, you know, and T Pain came out with that dumb man song, I'm in love with a stripper. You see, uh huh. You love that song till you find your husband with some hoe, right. and you like motherfucker. Then you go think about how much you love this shit we singing. Right, right. You're, and then you got to understand, too, most of the hoes that singing a lot of these songs, they all married and shit. You got to ask yourself why. Because covenant brings favor from God. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Party B was a hoe, but that motherfucker married. And before she had her baby, she got married, too. So, Right. But she, but, but, but you know what I'm saying? Valentine's coming up and shit like that. You got a, a lot of motherfuckers trying to pussy pop for a box of chocolate. <laughs> Sis, we do not need you pop locking and dropping it for no, no chocolates. Listen. And that's Hello. I be telling these girls, especially my little young, my little young sisters, I be like, listen, I say, y'all better stop looking at these girls and, and trying to be like them because you don't know what they doing. Not at all. How they getting to it and what they giving up. Uh, I'm just getting to the money. Right. <laughs> everybody's mad. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't be, you can't be looking at what everybody is doing because that ain't your walk. Yeah, that ain't your, no, for sure. And then, you know, you got to understand human trafficking, covenants, things like that. It is not a, the, the type of demon, is not the type of demon you want to play with. I mean, it's governed by a Leviathan spirit. And I mean, and we can go on and on and on. Um, We'll have to bring me in on another episode so people can get down to the real nitty-gritty nitty of this situation. But I, I will explain it to you like this, the reason why the, the the reason why strip clubs is such an illegal source and the reason why a lot of trafficking happens out of it. So the strip club is governed by two gods, which is the Astrid and the Baal, right? And the Bible talks about this all the time. The Astrid was a female goddess right she was always naked but the bell was resemblance of a phallus right a penis or a pole so when you get girls that get naked and want to strip and dance on the stage right mm -hmm. on this pole then she is the replica of the asterisk while the pole is the replica of the bow so when you get men coming to pay money right to these girls because they feel like they're doing a good enough job that's what they like to see they're actually paying homage to these gods Mm. but they paying it with money that says in God we trust mm. well which God motherfucker right let's be clear mm. and so you got a lot of men that's in the strip club that's practicing witchcraft and then they come into these clubs with you know with they with 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 covenant because they married but then they leave with all these unclean spirits and they bring them to their wife and they wonder why they having problems at home right okay the bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue 
When you think tongue, you think what come out your mouth, but people forget they wear fucking shoes. And in your shoe, there's a little piece in the fucking shoe that's called a tongue. Mm. So it ain't just about what the fuck you say. It's about where the fuck you go to. Right. And you bring that shit right back home. You bring that shit right back home. Right. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.